To discuss the real issues affecting Australia and New Zealand, this is Trad Tasman Talk, jointly produced by the Unshackled.net and the Mr. Barry, Mr. Barry Show. Now, here are Tim Wilms and Stephen Barry, live from Melbourne. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's edition of Trad Tasman Talk. Back on Fridays, it is the 22nd of April 2022. I'm Tim Wilms, Editor-in-Chief of The Unshackled, here in Melbourne, where it is 6pm. And I'm Stephen Berry, now back doing the Mr. Berry, Mr. Berry show, because uh, thanks to being fired by Officeworks, I've got nothing else to do. Also here in Victoria. Yes, uh, it it was a what is it quite a quite unfair uh, if I if I may use that word unfair dismissal. Uh, we've got the. I would use that word too. Um, of course, being during the probationary period, I actually don't have a leg to stand on, and I'm not even opposed to probationary periods. I I I think they give opportunities for people out there who would otherwise not get them. Um, but the reason I was dismissed is because I, my final Mr. Berry, Mr. Berry show, shall we say it was a bit on the nose when it comes to women. Um, I don't think it was even particularly good. It wasn't best. It wasn't my best material, but um, somehow someone somewhere out there I uh, managed to find it and spread it amongst the office woke staff, and I got fired uh, last week. And given that, uh, well, you were dobbed in by your own co-workers, it's not like you would want to continue there with uh, employees who, co-workers who thought you were uh, misogynistic. No, no. And, and in fact, I knew that I was working in an SJW fucking pot of shit when I got there um, but I also knew how to keep my mouth shut and I think this is a personal record for me was um, not saying anything offensive or anything that I actually believe in for a straight two and a half months still got fired um, the interesting part was that during the disciplinary meeting um, the woman who was running the meeting um, introduced me to this whole new concept of sexual harassment. And it turns out in the SJW bowels of Melbourne that, um, S, uh, that sexual harassment isn't about intent. It's about how the complainant views it. So let's just break this down logically. Um, I could say any sentence in the world, um, I could be like Dr. Jordan Peterson who got a complaint for doing this with his wedding ring. What was and the he, thing about that? Well, uh, well, precisely. But the point is, um, sexual harassment could be anything uh, to anyone, uh, depending on how the complainant inter interprets it. And um, number one, I will have no idea what I did. Number two, I'll have no idea who's complained because um, they all have privacy under Victoria's whistleblower laws, which um, is very different to New Zealand. Yeah, and number three, here's number three. Uh, 
once I find it out, I'm already in a disciplinary meeting facing termination with no chance of recourse because Office Wokes has zero tolerance for sexual harassment. So, uh, apparently there were some female complainants who were offended because my jokes are about women, uh, but there are also male complainants who were homosexual, I'm told, that were also sexually harassed by the same complaint, uh, same comments about women. So, maybe we just praise the Lord that it was over sooner than it otherwise may have been. <laughs> So they're classified as whistleblowers, stunning and brave whistleblowers who uh, got offended and, and triggered and felt uh, sexually harassed uh, by uh, your last Mr. Berry, Mr. Berry show. That's right. Um, I presume it's part of the whistleblower laws. Um, see, the thing is, I, I actually, before I took the job, I went through all of the policies and contracts with a fine tooth comb. Um, looking to see whether the Mr. Berry, Mr. Berry show would not comply. And were that the case, I was more than happy to give it up and get on with, get on with um, a normal, boring career. Um, the social media policy only applies to Officeworks platforms or if my private platform went onto theirs and vice versa. Um, the respectful workplace policy is the same. It only applies to Officeworks or if my personal stuff comes on to their business stuff. I didn't breach any of those. Um, but it turns out that someone from Officeworks went snooping into my private life and then spread it with other people in Officeworks, and that is the equivalent of me spreading my stuff into the business world. And also, what is it? They have the. Uh, uh, you said on your uh, relaunch, Mr. Berry, Mr. Berry show, that you violated their new values uh, policy, which sort of reads like that you've got to have certain political views uh, to be employed there. Well, I, I did try that angle because when you're discriminate, uh, sorry, when you're dismissed on probation, there's very few um, ways for you to come back as an unfair dismissal. It's almost unheard of. Um, discrimination is one of those things, and um, I actually put it to them, well, you're going to be uh, breaking Victoria's human rights discrimination laws if you believe that my comments were genuine political views as opposed to uh, parody. And they said, well, no, you're, you're welcome to your views. You're just not allowed to express them. I'm paraphrasing here, but that's essentially what they said. Uh, so you're just like Israel Folau now because he had his <laughs> terminated uh, for uh, posting his uh, personal, uh, uh, firmly held uh, personal views inspired by his Christianity on his Instagram post. Yeah, but the different, and um, look, Israel Folau actually had contractual um, agreements in which he signed a piece of paper and got paid hundreds of thousands of dollars not to say these things. Um, I know, but I, the, 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 the principle and the, the, the trend in general, the, the principle that you should be able to express your own political views outside of 
out of work, uh, but uh, we're seeing, uh, particularly with corporations that have their corporate social responsibility uh, policies, uh, p- uh, people getting fired for expressing their uh, political views, which are unpopular uh, with the mainstream media. And of course, you have the, the cancel mobs that who mass email corporations, HR departments say, did you know that uh, your employee said this online? What are you going to do about it? Well, look, I mean, there there are jobs out there where it is legitimate uh, for, for employees to not bring their employer into disrepute, let's say, working for the government, um, school t- uh, primary school teachers. I mean, if a primary school teacher made a Mr. Berry, Mr. Berry episode, I would completely understand should they lose their job. Um, but these contracts actually include those um, clauses in them, so there's no surprises. And when I took this role at Office Wokes, um, I went through the clauses in great detail to determine whether um, I would have to stop doing the Mr. Berry, Mr. Berry show, which I was quite prepared to do because I, you know, if you sign a contract, it's consent, you know, so that wasn't my issue. Um, but the reason I got dismissed was for um, breaking Officeworks values, uh, the primary value being we are good humans we have respect for our community, blah, 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 even though I don't actually believe I own a community. However, um, that value didn't even exist until Office Wokes did their six monthly update in March. So I've been terminated over a policy that didn't even exist until weeks after um, somebody complained about it. But yeah, quite frankly, fuck them. I don't want to go back. I don't want to be part of that SJW uh, cesspool of crap. Um, Look, uh, I'm probably going to go through a bit of hardship uh, for the time being. It's not easy to find a job when you've just lost one. Um, I should know. And you're a a New Zealand citizen. Like you can't even vote in our uh, upcoming federal election. So can you get our doll? No, no, I, I've got no access to welfare. I've never, I've never taken welfare anyway. Um, That's the old I, meme that uh, a New Zealander migrates to Australia uh, to get the doll. Yeah, no, I, I can't even take the. Yeah, I'm not one of those anyway. It's fucking scumbag. <laughs> Sorry, I'll just fix my camera there. There we go. Yeah, I would, I would never want to be part of those fucking scumbags. But um, I also. Um, well, you know me. I'm an individualist. I don't call myself a New Zealander or an Australian. I'm just Stephen. And yeah, so I'm going to pay taxes into a welfare system. I don't think it's unreasonable that I accept it. Um, but, well, I can't. And I'm fine with that. But uh, the last Mr. M- Mr. Berry, Mr. Berry show was broadcast before uh, you uh, were employed by office works but of course no, the... it wasn't. oh it was wasn't it no no um i they, they, um, they screwed the up before obviously yeah they, i i was employed by office works on the 24th of january and the final mr berry mr berry show was on february the 17th um but uh february 17th was before the values office works um released 
um, that ended up for me getting terminated anyway. But, I mean, we've also got to keep in mind that in Australia, um, well, I don't know if it's all of Australia, but certainly when it comes to the um, general retail to award contracts, um, there's a probationary period of six months. So they didn't even have to put me through a meeting. They could have just said, hey, Stephen, not that keen on you anymore. Bye-bye. And I, I genuinely do not have a problem with a probationary period. I don't. I think it's actually a fantastic opportunity for people who otherwise wouldn't get jobs. But it's shit. <laughs> now, of course, we're both libertarians, and the uh, the SJW libertarians, their retort is Officeworks is a private company. It can do whatever it wants. Well, yes, it can, but we're allowed to, still allowed to say that it was crap what happened to you and it shouldn't have happened and oh, no, uh, they have every right to set those policies yeah, they yeah, absolutely it, it do. Doesn't, yeah it doesn't but mean i followed the policies that's the thing i went through my contract with a fine tooth comb realized that on the whole it only applies to what you do on the payroll with their social media systems or whatever um, and I did not breach a single one of those policies. Unfortunately, their values, which um, they released two weeks after my final Mr. Berry show, um, also did not specifically say whether they apply to when I'm at work or where I'm out of work. If they'd said when I'm out of work, I would have said, oh, fair enough, I won't do it. Um, but it did nothing of, of the sort. So, yeah, I... I I'm not disputing Officeworks um, property rights at all, and I'm not disputing uh, their ability to put into a contract whatever they wish. As far as I'm concerned, I complied with the contract, but due to probation laws, I've got no recall. And quite frankly, what would I want out of this? Do I want to be re-employed by these fascist jerks? Absolutely not. Uh, uh, Sued one says, I'll boycott uh, Officeworks. Yes, I won't uh, be. Keep in mind that Officeworks is owned by Wes Farmers, which also owns Kmart, Bunnings, and Target. Yeah, so don't shop there, there as well. So uh, thank you for those who have expressed those messages. I appreciate it. But it's Officeworks, I've, like, over the years done some print and copy with them, and the queue is always a mile long. It's mainly uh, clogged up by mothers who uh, want uh, their children's birthday party invitations uh, printed in, in glossy, like, so they can hand them out to, to other mothers to say, look, look at these glossy invitations. I'm throwing such a good party for my uh, four-year-old, don't you wish that uh, your uh, child's party is going to be as good as mine? That's that's what I noticed while standing in the queues over the years. Oh, yeah, it's, it's a total Karen um, central, mate. Um, they're all trying to outdo each other there. But um, there's, there's a few comments there who's saying, could you file for wrongful dismissal? Um, look, I've gone through the... Um, uh, the Fair Work Act. I've gone through the Retail Classification to Award System. Um, there are very small number of grounds in which you can claim wrongful dismissal, and they largely uh, relate to discrimination on protected grounds under the Victorian Human Rights Act. And, um, yeah, it's just not going to happen. 
a lady um, of but, uh, uh, I, the thing is they, they can cancel me but they can't shut me up even though they told me this was confidential i'm not gonna shut up i'm gonna make sure as many people as possible know uh just how um infiltrated this particular company is with sjwism but it's not even just this company man uh, when I worked at Countdown in New Zealand and then came to Coles in Australia and then came to this company, every single retail, co- uh, you know, big retail chain I have worked for is absolutely being choked by this cancer of social justice wankery. And, there, you know, there's very little I can do about it as an individual, but over time, people are going to realize that just about everybody who supplies them their essentials are being strangled by this crap, and they'll fight back. A lady of uh, uh, Charlotte says, uh, yes, they are cheap for printing, uh, hence why they're always busy. Well, there's also snap printing and, and quick copy. They'll be busy uh, during this uh, election period, uh, printing all the, the political parties how to vote cards and and paraphernalia. I saw some United Australia party crap at some stage. (laughs) But yes, uh, let's turn to some better news. And uh, if you were still employed by Office Works, you could have gone to work tomorrow without having to wear a a face muzzle because uh, primary school uh, students uh, in grades three to six, retail, hospitality, Staff will be unmuzzled uh, from uh, tomorrow. Uh, Martin Foley, the the health minister, uh, in uh, announcing around about the same time as as New South Wales, high vax rate means most restrictions can safely ease. And this includes the the vaccinated economy will be uh, abolished. Uh, So no more uh, vaccine checks or, or QR codes using the Service Victoria app. So if you've still got that app on your phone uh, as of uh, as of midnight tonight, then what are you doing? It's just uh, uh, storing your oh, no, data. There's an ex- I and- believe there's an exception there for hospitals. Uh, I'm not sure. Well, there has been a little bit of a fuck up with the communication. I believe that hospitals and doctors, you're still going to have to do that. Uh, look, if I'm wrong, please. Prove me wrong, but I've just seen a bit of uh, back and forth, which suggests that you're still going to have to do it. And you do still have to have a mask on uh, in hospitals at the doctors, not chemists, surprisingly. You would think so, but not chemists. I'm um, that health, health services are able to tailor their own settings based on their own circumstances. So, depend on that, the GP that you go to, uh, whether you'll have to wear a mask. And okay, also, well, that's, yeah, yeah, that that sums up what I had heard. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so isn't that ironic? Don't you think? Uh, A but too uh, ironic. Yeah, but for yeah, some I really reason, do think. yeah, but for some reason, the uh, vaccine mandates are still in place, uh, even though the the health advice uh, published by uh, Brett Sutton. Uh, said phasing them out and uh, Martin Foley and Dan Andrews said, oh, yeah, we're still going to phase it out. We're going to have a, a consultation uh, with the industry. So there's been a lot of memes going around. So from uh, from midnight tonight, uh, you can get a beer poured at a pub, but you can't pour the beer because that's apparently dangerous. 
<laughs> New Zealand's going through the same crap as well. Um, the uh, the entire country's gone to orange. I believe it's about now. It could be a day out or so. Um, so you don't need a mask to go into a club, um, but you do need a mask to go to the supermarket because apparently people don't uh, pass each other on the dance floor in the supermarket. Oh, but wait, you have to have a mask in the supermarket. Well, fuck, I'm confused. Even, even so, is the, so is the COVID minister. He yeah. was completely, he was just yes. making all sorts of mistakes while he was um, announcing it. So... Even though uh, fleeting transmission uh, between strangers has basically been a a rubbish fear, you're more likely to get it from a family member or, so, or somebody you've uh, socialised uh, with uh, for for hours. Uh, but uh, the, but the changes... that's not a reason for you to be a close contact anymore. Yes, that's uh, if you live in the same household as someone else who has it. Uh, they recommend you wear a mask in common areas. Yeah, and test yourself. <laughs> too bad if you sleep with the person. Too bad if you sleep with the person. Um, but as long as you record five negative tests, yeah, yeah, five, like a whole packet of uh, rapid antigen tests. Like, but it's basically. But you're like, still yeah. going to work, and you're still going. You're still leaving your house while you're the close contact. Yeah, and, so, it's, and it's an honesty system. Like, there's not going to be. Uh, the because the uh, Jerome Weimar, who's the COVID commander, he's leaving his uh, position because his purple vest uh, brigade is uh, being abolished. So there's not going to be these COVID marshals are going to be checked. How are they going to that check if that's interesting? Contact? Actually, let me uh, let me interrupt for just a moment. Um, the director of health in New Zealand announced his resignation a week ago, and the two people below him in the hierarchy also did. Except and that, that was just days before it was released that Cabinet knew that MIQ was a complete waste of time back in November uh, when Delta had hit the country, but Omicron hadn't. Yes, I heard that was revealed this week. So the Ardern government just decided to be cruel because it showed that they were tough on, on COVID, uh, which means they acted against health advice by locking out that pregnant journalist in Afghanistan. Yeah, another person who would have actually just gotten straight into New Zealand uh, had the Ministry of Health's MIQ information been accepted back in November. But we know this government in New Zealand is poll-driven. They're certainly not intelligence-driven. Uh, that's why they've got the highest uh, inflation in 30 years. It's why their polls are dropping. I mean, 32% they're averaging now. Uh, after getting 50.01% in the previous election 18 months ago. I mean, 50% in an election in New Zealand or just about any other democracy is unheard of. But then to go and lose a third of it 18 months later? The thing is, with our COVID commander, Jerome Weimar, he has no medical training whatsoever. He, uh, Before he Good. was appointed the COVID commander, he ran the, the public transport network in in melbourne that's uh, what he used to do uh there's a a lot of people in the the chat talking about uh the the mask perverts still around too because customers in uh supermarkets and hospitality haven't had to wear them in victoria but uh, they've still wore them even though the the science is in that masks uh 
useless unless you wear like a properly fitted an N95. Uh, yeah, you've got an uh, N95 but, uh, or higher. For somebody who should uh, wear a mask uh, to well cover cover up uh, their uh, mo is uh, the New South Wales uh, uh, ch- uh, Chief Health Officer Kerry Chant, who's uh, arrived back from a vacation to uh, talk about uh, the potential uh, fluorona winter of both COVID and influenza. Also got to accept that we're going into flu season. So the last few years, we really have not seen flu. The measures we put in place to tackle COVID were so effective at controlling flu. But now we're actually seeing a little uptick. Um, it's up sitting about 1.3% positivity and that data is released every week in our epidemiological report. But as that progressively goes up, it, in, it indicates that flu is likely to co-circulate. I do not have a crystal ball, so I know that there's been a lot of people um, speculating on whether we'll have a mild, moderate or severe flu season coexisting with COVID. But what I know is the measures we've put in place for COVID, so those wearing a face mask when you're in crowded um, outdoor spaces, making sure you're maintaining that face mask in public transport and other settings, making sure that you isolate when you've got an infectious disease and coughed and cold and get tested, those, are, those steps will also help us reduce both flu and COVID tran- transmission. Jesus Christ, every time she queefs, it must create a new Sahara desert. Well, she was the, the one that uh, spoke about uh, uh, what uh, contract tracing would look like in the New World Order last year. But thankfully, and now the, we don't have it. contact tracing is, is gone. Uh, but uh, with regards to the, the vaccine passes, there's still in New Zealand some cafes and hospitality venues who want to enforce it all on their own. So there is this... Uh, oh, look, they're welcome to do that. Welcome to do that as far as I'm concerned, and they can see what how that flies in the free market. Um, yeah. It may initially be popular, but... Uh, it'll probably uh, drop in compliance as fast as Labor's poll ratings. If they were serious about keeping their elderly customers safe from COVID, they'd shave off their beards uh, so they could wear a properly fitted N95 mask. But, uh, of course, uh, vaccine passports are as useless as masks in in stopping the the spread uh, because uh, we've had, well, uh, Anthony Albanese, the, the opposition leader, uh, he had uh, a, th- th- this was uh, published uh, three weeks ago, the secret plan to save Anthony Albanese from COVID <laughs> and what happens uh, if he catches it. So well, it wasn't a secret well, plan. Unfortunately, it's not that deeply and the pl- anymore. And the, and the plan failed. Uh, so this is what he tweeted uh, last night. Uh, following a routine PCR test this afternoon ahead of an interstate travel to Western Australia returned a positive result for COVID this evening. I've been testing regularly as part of my election campaign duties. I'll be isolating at home in Sydney for the next seven days and will continue to follow health guidance and advice. While at home, I'll continue my responsibilities as alternate prime minister and I'll be fighting for a better future uh, for all Australians. I'm grateful to know that I'll have access to the world's best healthcare if I need it because of Medicare. I'm feeling fine so far and thanks everyone for their well wishes. How much does he make for a salary? 
at least at two, three hundred thousand dollars yeah. a year. What the hell is he doing using Medicare? Oh, because uh, like it's for everyone. It's universal, no matter whether you're uh, rich or poor. And Labor invented uh, Medicare. That's uh, that's one of uh, Elbow's uh, brags that uh, they invented uh, the NDIS and the pharmaceutical uh, benefits uh, scheme. And uh, now you're sitting over Prime Minister, wasn't it, Julia Gillard? Yes, that was one of her. Well, it's turning out to be one of one of her final uh, poison pills because it's uh, the cost uh, blowout uh, to it. It's well, it just uh, keeps happening. He was heading over uh, oh, west. west sorry, to... I also understand. Um, my apologies for interrupting. Um, Scott Morrison's in a bit of trouble at the moment for saying a couple of days ago during a question on the national. Dis- disability service that he felt blessed to have two children that weren't disabled and now he's getting him laid into by um, parents with disabled children going oh well I'm blessed because my child's autistic uh, well it's I, I, I think life could be a bit easier for you anyway. uh, yeah. yeah Grace but yeah, was, um, was the KFC Prime Minister's um, invention too I understand uh, Julie, oh, yeah, as I said, it was it was uh, one. It, she wanted to leave a legacy and leave a budget uh, poison pill as well that was un, unfunded. But uh, Grace Tame was also upset with uh, Scott Morrison because she says that uh, she's autistic, and uh, so she was very offended uh, by uh, what Scott Morrison said. But uh, that's to illustrate that the people who got who chose to be offended were people who yes. do not like uh, Scott Morrison anyway. I mean, yeah, I mean, look, would you rather, I mean, I'm ADHD. Would you rather have a kid with or without ADHD? Would your child rather have ADHD or not have ADHD? What I think I the answer to both those questions uh, is it's better that you don't. What I interpreted Scott Morrison's uh, remarks as that he was blessed that he didn't have to jump through all the bureaucratic hoops that always come with uh, programs like the NDIS. So that's what I interpreted uh, him him to be meaning. But uh, me, me too. I mean, he he. I think he was trying to empathise with the questioner um, by saying, "Look, I'm really lucky that my children aren't disabled, and I'm trying to shoot some empathy across the room to you because your life's harder." That's how I interpreted it. Well, dealing with government bureaucracy uh, to oh, help yeah. your child yeah. is, that makes things uh, so much harder. But uh, on to the yeah the 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 Cove elbow uh, elbow sneezy uh, crisis. That was the headline of the West Australian newspaper, Elbow Sneezy. And uh, well, he's problems that West Australian newspapers are doing that to him. Well, he was heading over to uh, launch his campaign in Western Australia, and I assumed he would have been accompanied by Mark McGowan, who's also got COVID, uh, the, the clown-in-chief <laughs> over West. Uh, he he was isolating because uh, one of his family members is uh, positive. Uh, so in accordance Has he actually with been pro- found positive? Yes, yes, on a PCR test, yes. God, because, you know, I... I, I... Couldn't have been more careless ever since the epidemic ever hit. And I still don't have COVID. 
Yes, uh, most of the people who did everything wrong still haven't got COVID, but the people who've done everything right, well, Dan Andrews recently got and recovered from COVID. I can't, like, uh, the, the the people on Twitter who post their positive rap results and say, oh, it is so awful, but it'd be worse if I wasn't vaccinated. I wouldn't wish this on my worst enemy. Well, I wouldn't wish it on my worst enemy because they'd be fine in seven days. I mean, Dan Andrews down the stairs. Well, I can year. assure you that if I made it, it's way worse. If someone on Twitter found out that I had COVID, they would be dancing on the place they wanted to bury me, which would probably the, be the top of a shit hill. <laughs> Mel McPhee says, I got it, but I wanted it uh, because uh, yeah, Mel is not uh, vaccinated. So she has got the natural immunity. Uh, so she wanted that. Well, uh, Mel, I, I lost eight, six days in my job before the one I've just lost. Uh, because I got a, a bit of discomfort in my throat or a little bit of a sniffle and I didn't want to be a dickhead and pass it on to other people. And every single time I didn't have COVID. Eric, how have you had COVID twice? That's not the science. Oh, it's, it, it is possible uh, now. If you've had previous uh, variants, then you can still get uh, Omicron. Uh, so, but uh, if you've had Omicron, then it's more unlikely you'll get uh, Omicron's uh, offspring because there's not just the son of Omicron, BA2 now, there's, what is it, BA4 and BA5 now, and there's, there's this new New there's York new one variant of Omicron, which is the, the BA2.12.1, I think there's another one too that has an X in it, but it doesn't spell out the first name of the leader of the Communist Party in China. XE. Uh, there's XE and XE. One's a Delta Cron, and one is the same way. One is an incestuous Omicron mutant between Omicron's father and son. It's just becoming too ridiculous now. Though I do feel for the people of Shanghai where. I mean, uh, you know, over the show over the last year or so, we've been doing it. And over the last couple of years where China has somehow only had five and a half thousand cases and very few deaths, we're now seeing 30 million people in Shanghai being locked down in their houses. And more of them are starving from the lack of supplies than from catching um, the virus. Um, there's, there's tales of them screaming their lungs out of the window because everybody in their family is on uh, the border of death from malnourishment. And so now the Chinese Communist Party, of course, has people walking around the streets in full biohazard sets saying, don't create loud noises. The world isn't going to fall for that a second time, but they did fall for it the first time and followed the CCP lockdown model. And we came so close in Melbourne and Auckland to having a, a level five style lockdown. And in fact, see, the only country that's done it worse than New Zealand and the state of Victoria has been China. And, and uh, they've both, done it later than anybody else has. And uh, both uh, leaders uh, are very close uh, to the, the, the CCP. 
Dan had his own. Uh, we're going to get into the Solomon Islands having the signing the security agreement uh, with mm. uh, the People's Republic of China. Dan Andrews had his own agreement, the Belt and Road Memorandum of Understanding with uh, People's Republic of China, which got torn up with new federal legislation. Yes, yes. And thank, well, don't thank God for that. Thank Scott Morrison because I couldn't imagine um, what other pressures would have been put on the Victorian government uh, for those trade, those trade trade-offs. Well, there's not going to be much coming out of China in the next six months. There's so so much uh, globalist supply stranded in the, the port of, of Shanghai. So all of those, uh, what is that, uh, COVID uh, zero zealots who still claim that, wow, the CCP really care about their people because they're enforcing this brutal lockdown. Well, you won't be able to get your, your, your new chip or uh, computer parts uh, for a while. So you'll have to tweet on your old device about how much you love uh, CCP uh, lockdowns. And uh, Well, I can't think of a single person who actually says that the CCC... Well, well you're, you're not on Twitter are... anymore. There's... <laughs> well, hopefully Elon Musk gets his way and he buys it out and he lets me back on. Because at the moment, I'm only on Getter. Yeah, which is like you're in a somewhat of an, an echo chamber. Uh, well, God, I mean, it's so right wing that even I don't belong there. It's just it's the complete it's a it's a, it's a parallel universe of Twitter. Uh, now, uh, Al Albanese, he tested positive the, the day after uh, the first Sky News People's Forum. And so he uh, won uh, the, the the vote of the 100 uh, undecided voters. 40% voted for him, 35 for Scott Morrison, 25 were still undecided. So he was feeling positive after the debate. Uh, well, so this positive. Is, this is that a two-party preferred vote, isn't it? This is a two-party preferred vote. Well, they were the only ones invited to the Sky News People's Forum. There was no uh, Adam Bant or uh, Pauline Hanson or Nick Xenophon there. Oh, Nick Xenophon's still a thing? Uh, he's making a comeback now, though he's more Nick Xenophon now since he was a lobbyist for Huawei. Uh, <laughs> oh Jesus! But we've um, we've got some numbers on the polls in Australia, haven't we? Would you like to bring those up? Um, which ones am I bringing up? Did you send me? <laughs> I sent you um, the latest from. Oh yes, they're the bean bean counter poll. I sent you that. That wasn't quite it, actually. Though this is an interesting one. Um. Sorry, I don't even know where it comes from. Um, but one of the things that pisses me off about Australian polls is that they have the Coalition, Labour, the Greens, United Australia Party, One Nation, and then others. And the others is almost always greater in comparison, uh, sorry, greater combined than United Australian Party and One Nation. So that really annoys me. Um, I believe that this one is from Muffin Break. So they're not scientific poll makers, but yeah, they're right. 
Well, they're, they're a straw poll, or should I say bean poll? Like, uh, they're putting beans... I mean, the results are still very surprising. Very surprising. Um, well, but um, I, did, I did send you the figures um, showing the latest um, Australian... The most recent poll for Australia, which is from a company called Essential. No, no, and no. You got that one there? No, you didn't. I totally did. Anyway, I'll, I'll talk us through it, shall I? Uh, why don't you just send it to me in the direct message here, Ian? That's a good idea. Can I copy and paste a picture? Not in the in the chat. You can just you can you can just send me the the link or the because I assume you got it from a. a yeah, it's on my Google Drive. I apologise, everyone. Um, yep, yeah, I'll down. So if I download it from my Google Drive and put it in the chat, you'll get it. No, probably not. Jesus Christ! I'm gonna just. Okay, well, I'm just gonna talk everybody. I'll try and let's try, you know, a shotgun approach. Um, I'm gonna download it, which I've just done. Oh no, it's a PDF. Nobody uses those. Okay, I've just downloaded a JPEG. There it goes. Um, and yeah. I'm going to put that... I'll, I'll, our... While you do that, I'll talk about the well, the, the other uh, Sky News uh, People's Forum. Well, it was called a, a Mavericks pub test uh, with Sky News host uh, Paul Murray on the, the Gold Coast on Tuesday evening. There was Clive Palmer of the well, United Australia Party. Uh, there was uh, Campbell Newman, former LNP Queensland Premier, now lead Senate candidate for the Liberal Democrats. Uh, Pauline Hanson, obviously from Pauline Hanson's One Nation, who's running for another six-year Senate term. And Bob Catter from Catter's Australian Party, even though he holds a lower house uh, seat of, of Kennedy up in northern Queensland, centred around Mount Isa. Uh, but there was there was no uh, great Australian party. They didn't invite uh, Rod Cullerton there, or they didn't invite uh, Drew Pavlou uh, from the, the uh, Democracy uh, Alliance. It was slightly more interesting than the People's Forum. But all the questions from the people are all pre-approved and so they're oh. all very boring and it's like the the, the questions are uh, like uh, uh jimbo jones uh, asking uh, ned flanders about what's your policy on lunch that's basically what <laughs> interesting questions look i i've i found the latest poll from essential let me see if i can share that with you you can you can share it. You can share it. You can do a screen share on your end. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Uh, there we go. Look, I apologise for the quality, everyone. This is quite experimental to me. Um, so the latest poll in the Australian federal election came out two days ago. Uh, this is from a company called Essential. This may mean more to you than it does to me. Well, it's a it's a, it's done by essentially is a a labour aligned. Uh, uh, polling company, but they are the most accurate. Uh, they tend to actually uh, have the coalition higher than news poll and uh, the other main polls. It's published in the Guardian. Well, oh God, and we all know what the Guardian's like. God, yes, you don't that's read what I'm it saying. Ironically, it's the most accurate poll. 
Okay, so on the latest essential poll, and this compares to two weeks ago, the Labour, the Liberal National Coalition is on 37%, no change. The Australian Labour Party, when are they going to start learning how to spell Labour properly? Doesn't matter. Uh, they're down one point on 35. The Greens are also down one point on 10. The United Australia Party is up one point on four, and One Nation is down one point on three, with Independence and others steady on five. However, and this is always my rule for New Zealand polls as well. Um, you can't take individual polls seriously because some of them are very spiky and some of them are very flat, um, which is why I run a poll and poll of polls in New Zealand and Australia, which averages um, the results of the last five polls. Um, on this occasion, this is the first time I've done this for Australia, so I can't give you an up or down on the last five polls. However, it is neck and neck. This is based on the last two Roy Morgan, one resolve, one news poll YouGov, and Jesus Christ, YouGov is notoriously spiky, even more so than Roy Morgan, and one essential poll. Um, the Labour Party's on 35.2, the Liberal National Coalition on 35, the Greens on 11.9, One Nation on 4.1, United Australia 3, Independent or Other on 9. So that's the average of the last five polls taken in Australia. And one of the good things about living in a big uh, country like Australia is that all five polls come within about the last two weeks. Um, so we can see that, I mean, you can put this into two-party preferred. I never do, uh, because that's not how the voting system works. And it's the same reason why I don't do the preferred prime minister polls, even though um, Scott Morrison is smashing elbow by eight points, um, because that's not how the electoral system works. However, and it is neck and neck. The only other issue with these polls, of course, is that Australia doesn't have a pr proportional system for the lower house. Um, so all you it's, can do uh, is yeah, um, make guesses. All 151 lower house seats are done by uh, preferential voting, which is it's it's also called instant runoff. So if your first candidate doesn't get up, then uh, your uh, whatever whoever's still left in the the race and you've preference higher. Uh, then gets your vote. That's why we have two-party... Yeah, preferred. calling it an instant runoff is a wee bit misleading, though, I think. I mean, it is instant, um, but it all comes down to preferences. So if somebody in the seat doesn't have 50% of the vote in the, first, in the first runoff, then the second preferences of the least popular candidates will be put in, and then the third and the fourth until somebody yeah, yeah, we, gets... You don't want to go, go all over... It's not like the French presidential system. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's not like the French presidential system where you have a completely new election um, if somebody... Have, uh, this this weekend uh, with uh, Marine Le Pen and uh, Emmanuel uh, Macron, which we'll, we'll also comment on as well. The, they yeah. had the ballot draw this afternoon for both the, the House of Reps electorates and the the senate uh so they'll be Sorry, what, is this in australia in in australia so if the ballot oh, draw, this is a whole new thing i've never heard of please tell me more yeah so the the candidate nominations they all had to be in by i think uh yesterday midday and uh, yep. then they conduct the ballot draw to see to see who's going to be first second third on the fourth on the ballot because of oh, donkey I see. okay so hold on so sorry just 
excuse me, I'm I'm from New Zealand. We're a bit when it comes to this sort of thing. Um, so in New Zealand, um, the order on the electoral form is by the party you stand. F- yeah, it's by the party you stand for, and then the electorate vote corresponds to that. So are you telling me that in Australia it's a random draw to see where you are on the ballot? Yes. Yeah. So because there's a history of donkey voting in Australia because we have uh, compulsory uh, preferential voting. So donkey voting is <laughs> on the, the House of Rep seat one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. And so if you're first on the, the ballot, uh, then you'll get the, the donkey vote. It also can benefit uh, Senate candidates as well, and especially benefited uh, David Leinhelm of the Liberal Democrats when he first got elected to the Senate in 2013. He was Group A, and uh, there was also the fact that uh, people confused the uh, the uh, Liberal Democrats with the, the Liberals, and he got 9%. I've also been accused of attracting the donkey vote because my surname starts with B. Why is, why is that? Because uh, in New Zealand, it's all alphabetical order. There's no randomization. Okay. Yeah, the, that's that's not the case here as well. But uh, New Zealand has what is it, the, the first past the post and also how to vote cards are banned because nobody, no political... No, no, no. Um, you, you're, sli- you're slightly off. Um, in New Zealand, they have the mixed member proportional system. So there's 120 seats in Parliament. There's 67 electorate seats, and the rest are list seats. Um, six. So 60 of the uh, the country's divided up into 60 electorates uh, for everybody who doesn't have Maori blood, and then there's another seven electorates for those people who have special blood. Yeah, can you? Yeah, speak um, but it, yeah, but of course the electorate vote um, only overall the party vote is what makes up how many seats you have in parliament. Um, but there's exception because you've got to either have one electorate seat or five percent of the party vote. So if you get two percent of the party vote, but you get an electorate seat, then suddenly all your party votes count, which is why we've got the Maori Party in Parliament, which only got about one percent, but they have two MPs despite having less than five percent of the party vote. Uh, and yet it's still less complicated than Australia's system. It is. Because, well, you only have uh, one house and uh, yeah. one parliament. No, no I'm not state. trying to own New Zealand or anything. I'm just saying, just saying. Yeah, but if, but if you're uh, part, the party that you vote for in the party vote doesn't get 5%, you've essentially got a wasted vote. There's almost no waste. Unless, unless they win an electorate seat. Yes. Which is why the ACT parties had one MP from 2011 to 2000. Which is what we call in Australia gaming the the system. It's it's oh, not course. yeah it's yeah it's not, it's not illegal, but it's a it's a what is it a trick. Well, it's just the system. If you don't like it, change the system. Mm. Were it up to me, I would make the um, threshold zero point eight three percent, which is what each seat in Parliament's worth. But nobody mm. listens to me. Uh, well, it, it's based on the, the German MMP system, and uh, yeah. they believe that because they they didn't have uh, 
thresholds when the system first came into practice during Weimar uh, Germany. And no, no, they... no, no. Two different systems. Two different systems. MMP didn't come into place until 1948. Yes, I all... know. But the reason they but the Weimar system was not MMP. The Weimar system was. 100% proportional. Yes, I know. But uh, they the reason why they introduced MMP after World War II is because they blamed the the, pre, the Weimar voting system for giving rise to Hitler because there was too many micro parties which led to paralysis. And so they thought, well, if uh, to prevent a, another Hitler, uh, we'll have this 5% threshold and call it MMP. So the other interesting thing is that... Um, the other reason why they brought up the one-seat threshold for MMP in Germany is so that um, minority groups could be represented, which is weird. Well, in it? Germany, they have it's a three-seat uh, threshold, but that's that's a that's enough of that now. Let's move away. Yeah, from yeah, yeah. That. I mean, we, we can do it. we can do a fucking special on that. Let's yeah. move on. I mean, this is going to be like a really long program, but it's not like. <laughs> I mean, you and I might enjoy that. I don't know about everybody else. Well, the audience is still with us, so they, they might have enjoyed that. And people like Joel Jamal and Topher Field, they've made extended videos on the the voting uh system and so as uh uh pauline hansen with her cartoon uh john burgess explaining it so God, and um, she's doing very very well from those cartoons isn't she oh yes they're, they're they're very funny as well yeah yeah the one with pedophiles in it i found hilarious Only she, did pauline hansen. she did one on pedophiles yeah, there was somebody in the back of the class. I don't remember who, but it was a parody of an Australian politician who just wouldn't shut the fuck up about pedophiles. <laughs> oh, I'm the only person laughing. Anyway. Let's move on to the the, the policy debate, the, the meat on the on the bones of the, the, the party platforms. Well, there's actually not much meat. There's hardly no, any any policies, which is why the uh, the scare campaigns are so uh, are getting so prominent now. Because when either party has uh, no policies, the other party says, "Oh, that's because they're hiding all their policies." And uh, so we had the 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 biggest uh, scare campaign ever in uh, modern Australian politics was in 2016. Uh, when uh, the Labor Bill Shorten opposition against uh, Malcolm Turnbull-led Liberals ran the Medi-Scare campaign, which they twisted a, uh, a report recommendation that uh, elements of the Medicare system could be, uh, could be contracted out to uh, private companies that... Uh, the, God, uh, I would vote for that. Yeah, the, the Liberals were going to privatise and abolish Medicare universal healthcare. And, Hallelujah. Uh, but, yeah, it was a total total lie, and but it worked. And so Malcolm Turnbull just scraped back home uh, with, with one seat. But he, his... Oh, sorry, sorry, hold on. I, I thought Scott Morrison won the last general federal election. I'm Am talking about 2016. Ah. Yeah. Yeah, 2016. Okay. Uh, uh, but, oh, geez, you know, uh, Malcolm uh, Turnbull. I'm from New ran, Zealand. I'm sorry. Yeah. 
talked he, he slower ran, for me. Yeah, he, he ran such a, as that, a mediocre campaign that Labour was able to just basically uh, get away with this. And the party director at the time, Tony Nuss, I mean, he was... Uh, like he he cried at the Drinking national up. press club uh, because of the scare campaign. He's like, they scared my elderly mum that her Medicare was going to be taken away. <laughs> Not surprisingly, that was the end of him as a uh, party director. And so, in 2019, uh, under Scott Morrison and uh, Lib- new Liberal Party director Andrew Hurst, uh, they. Uh, ran their own uh, scare campaign with because uh, Bill Shorten went to the election with a policy to uh, roll back uh, franking credits. Franking credits in Australia prevent uh, double taxation on uh, dividends uh, because they're already taxed at the company rate. And so you get a tax credit uh, mm-hmm. when you declare them on your personal income so there's not double taxation. Labor wanted to wind that uh, back, they also wanted to roll back negative gearing. Uh, so the uh, the coalition line was Labor's retiree tax, and they also uh, said that Labor wanted to reintroduce a, a death tax, inheritance tax as well. And it worked well, and Scott Morrison won the unwinnable election. Yeah, I mean, the tax system in Australia, it's just, it boggles with, it boggles me with how complicated it is. Um, but at the same time, uh, when this financial year is over, I'm actually going to get something back from the tax department for the second time in a row for the second time in my life, which is just wonderful. Because, what, I'm a, I'm a gay man with a husband with no children, with none of these other, I don't know, whatever it is that gets you extra credits. And from the time I moved to Australia, I get two, I get money given back two years in a row. This is like the Shangri-La for New Zealanders. And that's why you can, unlike uh, Dewe, uh, afford to, to run into to overtime tonight because you haven't got uh, three young children uh, at home who need your attention. Yeah, but unlike Dewe, I also don't get tax credits for three children. <laughs> But I still get them, and I can, and they're actually worthwhile because I've got nothing to spend them on. Maybe I'll get a new iPhone. Mm. Uh, so uh, Labor's uh, new uh, scare campaign against the coalition, they they tried Medicare for a while because the proposed new Liberal Health Minister Anne Rustin previously said that Medicare spending is unsustainable. Uh, they decided to uh, zero in on uh, that uh, alleging uh, with no evidence that uh, uh, the coalition wanted to plan the cashless debit card to age pensioners. And so they've been mailing uh, this uh, scare uh, paraphernalia uh, to pensioners uh, in uh, in uh, southeast Queensland where a lot of retirees are. And even the ABC. So you're, you're telling me that the party of the left, their scare campaign is that the party of the right is going to be more left wing than them. But they're well, going to do it with a card. Yeah, the 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 liberals they have uh, rolled out this uh, cashless debit welfare card to some communities where welfare is uh, wasted on vices 
Oh, what, what you mean the entire country? Uh, so this is what uh, uh, one looks like here. Uh, so wait, wait, yeah. wait! Scroll back up. Scroll back up. Did you see the jewelry on her hand? That's at what? least two gold rings. One of them with a stone, and she's bitching about her cashless debit card. I think I, I don't think that that's an actual welfare recipient. I, that's probably. Like, probably not. No, probably yeah, not. It's a, it's a promotional photo. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, the the coalition has said we're never ever going going to do this. Uh, this is a completely false uh, scare. Uh, but uh, yeah, I think they absolutely should. Yeah, they but absolutely why? should why? do that. Why? Um. Well, when uh, especially when you um consider. Um, the generational social welfare where, you know, it's gone from great-grandparents in the 1950s and you go, great-grandparents in the 1950s? Yes, because the social welfare system actually rewards having children when you're very young. Uh, that came in in 1971, the domestic purposes benefit for single mothers. So you've got great-grandparents in the 50s, grandparents in the 70s, mothers in the 90s, new mothers in the 2010s, and we've probably got another generation already cooking up. Um, and you don't want to reward that sort of bullshit because they just, they just get a reward every time they sprout out new children. And talking there's about no the pension involved. So replace the, the cash, replace the cash, Give them a card which has a limited amount on it, which they can only spend at approved uh, vendors like supermarkets or... Office know, Works. Sorry? Office Works. They could spend the... Uh, uh, I'm not sure if they can spend the card at Office Works. Have you tried wiping your ass with stuff that you buy at Office Works? I, I don't they recommend They don't sell toilet paper. They do sell toilet paper, but they mostly sell very thick A4 paper. Um, but no, I mean, there's no way in hell people that live off the state should be just given money to spend as they wish. This isn't a human rights issue. Just I know that, uh, that, you, uh, that, you, that you actually don't have to starve if you don't have a job. And getting a card which allows you to spend your money at supermarkets and, you know, approved places and it stops you buying alcohol and cigarettes i mean that's that's the whole point of welfare is looking after kids not continuing to reward their shit ass deadbeat parents i oh, know but we're talking about the pension here which is the old age pension which is separate oh well yeah um i mean in, in theory Based on the way that the pension's been created over decades, I guess I don't really have a problem with it. Um, but should it, should it be a form of social welfare or should it be something that everybody's already paid into? Because we also have private superannuation and we yeah. also have superannuation, which we earn from our yeah. the, employers. The, the, of course, the, the idea that you pay into a, like, a social security pension system, that's rubbish i mean the government it's a terrible is, idea but it's what we've all done not, is not putting aside money in consolidated revenue for future liabilities 
Yeah, and this is where I kind of disagree with the Liberal Democrats because Lionhelm desc- described um, super, uh, the pension as a welfare scheme. But actually, you know, if it's going to be a welfare scheme, then you're rewarded for taking no responsibility whatsoever and having no savings. So, I don't know, tricky one, eh? But That's, uh, yeah. I think scrap the pension altogether and have make people save for their superannuation. And Jesus Christ, when um, your employer is required, required to pay 12% of your salary on top for your superannuation, Jesus Christ, count yourself lucky. Well, regardless of the the debate, I'm sure you can uh, uh, debate uh, this endlessly uh, with uh, libertarians on on Facebook who have other ideas. uh, Of course, I'll just keep debating it until everybody gets sick of listening to it. Yeah, yeah. most most of them are on some form of welfare anyway, if they can afford to argue for six hours in a (laughs) forum. Uh, But, yeah, so this isn't happening. It's a complete uh, lie by the Labor campaign. But uh, Christina Keneally, the Shadow Home Affairs Minister, who is uh, running uh, for the lower house in the seat of of Fowler, uh, she's been parachuted into this multicultural southwestern Sydney seat. She got very triggered uh, when a reporter uh, tried to call, uh, call out this Labor lie. Anne Austin said to a parliamentary inquiry, and I quote, she was open to a conversation with the nation about the further use of the cashlet debit card as a welfare measure. These are Anne Rutten because the government thinks that the age pension is welfare. Understand this. Anne Rustin would love nothing more than to expand this cashless debit card to pensioners and to anyone else in receipt of a form of a pension payment. So because this is a dishonest claim. Not even Liberal MP Bridget Archer has said that she is concerned that her own government is going to expand this to pensioners. So don't come in here and try to say that the government have got clean hands on this. Anne Rustin is on the record. The Prime Minister Scott Morrison is on the record. And Jason is right. If they don't have any plans, scrap this card. Labor will get rid of it. The government should commit today to doing so. Uh, 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 yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. She, and she, nine she, rings on her fingers. Yeah, and, and she has the literal appearance of a Karen. Uh, she's called uh, uh, Chris, uh, Christina Karen Keneally. <laughs> Yes, she is a a, a vile woman. She's a a foul uh, woman as well, uh, which which is why it seems her campaign for the seat of Fowler is putting the foul uh, back in Fowler. Oh, my God. She's looking like she's doing something that nobody would want to put it in. And she's being challenged in this uh, this seat of Fowler by an actual uh, local a uh well, a, a lawyer of uh, Vietnamese so is from the labor party it's held by the labor party it's got a retiring yeah. member chris hayes christina keneally because uh, she got bumped off a, a winnable uh senate uh position she's running for the lower house now and got parachuted in so so Dai lee who's the the current uh, deputy mayor of of fairfield 
uh, is running as an independent, and I certainly wish her all the best. She's a it's quite a, a multicultural she, seat, I understand. Yes, and uh, she is an accomplished woman, Dailene. As you can see, she's very uh, a photogenic uh, as well. And so her campaign posters uh, will certainly be uh, attracting a lot of attention. And I would so love her to end Christina Keneally's political uh, career. Uh, I don't know. If she lost Christina Keneally, probably Labor, they'd find some other immigrant to bump off to give her a position. But that would be three years away. Uh, well, this is and- one of the things that I love about Australian politics, because in New Zealand there has not been an independent elected to Parliament in a general election since 1948, despite me attempting to break that record twice. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, yeah it, it's not... The great thing about uh, Australia's elections is that it's not a completely closed book we still see these independents and these minor parties get elected the six benches uh in the the lower house out of uh 151 i mentioned bob catter before there's uh adam bant uh the leader of the the yeah there is uh andrew wilkie independent from tasmania there is uh zali stegel in well independent oh yeah we know a lot about her the uh, Teal Climate 200 uh, Voices Network. Uh, the uh, these uh, independents, uh, which are all funded by well, when I uh, well, they've all received. We're going to talk funding, about her now. Are funding we? from uh, yes, we'll move on to that. Let's talk Just, about her because God, this yeah, is we're, one we're, hell of a race yeah. in Warringah. Am I right? Yeah, Warringah, which is Zali Stegall uh, won uh, the seat of Warringah off former uh, Prime Minister Tony Abbott at the 2019 uh, federal uh, election. Uh, and so the she- New South Wales uh, Liberal Treasurer, correct me if I'm wrong, said that she should uh, be kicked off their um, platform uh, and, and disendorsed, disendorsed as the Liberal candidate because yep. uh, yep. she was a captain's pick uh, by her two days yeah, ago. It, yes, because he he chose her as did uh, the Premier of New South Wales, Dominic Perrottet. Uh, oh, sorry, so, here's another thing I've got to ask you about because um, I saw that interview and he said that um, he was proud to have half of the candidates as women because he chose them and a certain percentage is ethnic minority. So does the Prime Minister have that level of power over who's chosen in each seat? Well, he and his man on the, the New South Wales State Executive, Alex Hawke, they confected a pre-selection crisis, basically to save Alex Hawke uh, from a pre-selection. If it was done by the members, he would lose. And is so, this just done in that particular electorate? Or? State, state, state. But uh, the thing is that Zali Stegall is going to get re-elected as, as, as the independent. Uh, Catherine Deves, the endorsed Liberal candidate, she's got no hope. She's not going to win. Uh, the, the Voices Network is trying to expand into Wentworth. Uh, there's Allegra Spender uh, wanting to knock off uh, Liberal Dave Sharma. You could not think up a more Tory, uh, you know, upper class name uh, than Allegra Spender. And she looks like, you know, real like uh, old money Tory as well. But I'm I'm fascinated by this race in Warringale because how long was Tony Abbott the MP there? 
Uh, 25 years. Uh, so got off by, she's transsexual, I understand? No. Oh, <laughs> I heard that she used to be a man. Not that it matters, but um, she had some fucking extreme environmental beliefs. She's a, she, yeah, um, yeah, she's uh, for what is it, net zero, you know, net zero, blah, 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 that, that, that stuff. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, I, I read that a couple of days ago. Yeah, and I thought, how the hell did Tony Abbott survive for so long? Because uh, Warringah, it's like with these inner city seats, uh, more uh, woke people move into the area. And so that's why these uh, teal independents, because, uh, it's too hard for the Labour Party to, to win these seats because uh, old money people, uh, they want to protect their money. Uh, so yeah. there's uh, all of these, uh, what is it, champagne socialist uh, uh, independents who are sort of acceptable to these uh, old money uh, woke uh, people in the inner cities. There's one running in, well, there's a couple running in Melbourne, uh, one against uh, Josh Frydenberg, Dr. Monique Ryan, and one against Tim Wilson in oh, Gold. Yes, I've seen her about uh, yeah. Daniel. Yeah, so uh, it's interesting that this one in Warrengull um, refuses to endorse either side. It what just do you tells mean? me she's a leftist. What do you mean? Um, she, uh, she's out. She's outright refused to say. Oh, she yeah. all, all, all of these. All, all of these uh, independents, they're all having a poker face saying that we'll see how the negotiations uh, go. Oh, they sound like Winston Peters. Yes, yes, they're pretty much uh, all uh, Winston Peters. Who well, We had a, a hung parliament in 2010 uh, where we had the then uh, kingmakers, uh, Rob Oakeshott and Tony Windsor, take about Two weeks to decide who are they who are they going to debate. They were all only two the- weeks. It took Winston seven weeks in nineteen ninety six. Now, when he takes two weeks, people still bitch about it. Yes, we referred to Winston Peters in Australia uh, backing a a, a Labor uh, government, which uh, signed his uh, uh, political suicide note for a second time. As uh, Winston Oakeshott, because uh, Tony you think Windsor, a second Rob, time? Uh, uh, Tony Windsor and uh, Rob Oakeshott, uh, they well, they actually uh, cow- uh, cowered away. They decided not to recontest in 2013 because they knew that rural electorates were pissed off with them for backing a leftist Labor government. Fascinating. But yes, uh, Catherine Deves in Warringah, she is only known for uh, one thing, and that's her organisation, Save Women's Sports, uh, which is uh, against uh, transgender women uh, participating in uh, female uh, sports. Uh, but the, the thing is, uh, her deleted uh, social media uh, posts and uh, oh, interviews. They're not pretty. Oh, shit. They are not pretty. Yeah, yeah, they are, yes, which is... After I saw Scott Morrison defend her two days ago um, for being a bit insensitive, more and more things came about, such as, uh, I can't pronounce his last name, so I'm just going to call him Pete Butler. Because, yeah, Samantha Maiden, uh, who's the political reporter for news.com.au, has been running a, a story a day on uh, on uh, Catherine Deves. So yes, uh, 
this was oh, a headline. Uh, you can you can say it's a it's a very it's a it's a very uh what you you would you would say neutral headline calling it an insane tweet. Liberal candidate. Yeah, none of those headlines look good for her. Yeah, and this yeah, one uh, this one is yeah. I yeah mean, so she said surrogacy is a human rights violation. Women's bodies are not vehicles for a vanity uh, project. And she also said, I have no doubt these people would imagine themselves. Uh, this is another tweet here. Uh, Miss Steve suggested that to fail the fight to move against gender fluidity are uh, no different to those that watch the trans go, uh, trains go past the Jews to concentration camps. She said, I have no doubt these people would imagine themselves to be part of the French resistance World War II, but no, they are the villagers who watched the trains go by, ignored the clouds of soot and smoke and joined the party to get their good jobs. They are complicit. Oh, Jesus Christ. I mean, Scott Morrison's got to be beating himself up. He's probably crucifying himself having defended her a day before because, I mean, those headlines are disgraceful. And, yeah, those, and comments, they, yeah. those comments are absolutely horrific. Yeah, and I've got um, nothing to I, do I'm no with... fan of the left. You know oh, and, and I've, got, yeah, left. I've got nothing to do with saving women's sports. The other one is that she claimed a link between cross-dressing and serial killers. This is on top of she claimed that 50% of trans-identifying biological males are, are sex offenders. So she tweeted that transvesticism is very common amongst sexual predators, even serial killers. So how are we women supposed to tell the difference between the ones who are a threat and the ones who aren't? Easier for women to exclude all males from uh, spaces where we are vulnerable. Yep, so let, let, let's just um, attack everybody Better, better to punish ten innocent people than one guilty person. Uh, let one guilty person go. Um, that was a quote from the chief of the NKVD, who I believe was killed in about thirty-nine. Yeah, Scott Morris has got to be crucifying himself right now because no. seriously, there is nothing acceptable about those comments. And I am not a fan of the radical trans activists. I am not. I think they are fucking lunatics. Um, but she's just gone way overboard. There's like no she, way I could defend she's her. She's probably shared bathrooms with trans women and she uh, doesn't even know it because uh, they probably oh, just oh, look yeah, like right. a call woman, yet they didn't, you know, uh, she, they didn't peer into her cubicle and they didn't try to slice her with a knife. That's why she no. didn't know. They, they, they probably looked like any other woman except they added Adam's apple because I would say, I don't know, I'm just going to pull a statistic out of my ass here. 95% of trans women just don't want to be noticed at all. And they yeah, and, and, and they just be like, and then and leave. the last thing that they they would want is in like a you know female change room to accidentally you know expose male genitalia. They don't want to show that at all. No, they're not going. Hey, Catherine, want to see me do the helicopter? I'm pretty sure that's not what happened. And yeah, Scott Morrison, he thinks he's onto a winner with this as a wedge issue because it'll resonate 
out in the the suburbs, the you know, save women's sports, and except, the rural areas. Yeah, but there's not been an, an epidemic in Australia of uh, trans uh, trans women competing in women's sports. I mean, Hannah Mounts well, there isn't one anywhere. Trans uh, trans uh, transgender AFL player has been banned from the the AFL W. So the existing systems working, but the reason why this this isn't going to be the winner that he thinks it is because during the uh, same-sex marriage postal survey, the Coalition for Marriage claimed if you vote for same-sex marriage, uh, then it'll be acceptable that gender fluidity is taught in schools and uh, uh, radical gender theory as well. So that 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 can't that, uh, which it failed 61 percent of the the people who voted which was 80 percent of australians voted yes i don't get why they think they're going to win the culture wars 2.0 well if she had stuck uh, if the only thing that we had seen publicly was said was her comments um defending uh women's sports against trans woman and keeping them exclusively for women's sports, well, she'd be on to a winner because I absolutely agree with that as well. And mm. the science is also very clear that if you go through puberty as a male and then become a female, holy shit, suddenly you're the best uh, woman sports woman in the world. Um, so, yeah, if that had been all that Scott Morrison had to defend two days ago, he would be on to a winner. But now it's just uh, been revealed that his candidate is an absolute C-word. Uh, there's no rationality whatsoever. She, she will, I don't know, it's like, it's like bombing your entire house to get rid of a fly. That seems to be her approach. Let's invoke, let's invoke the Holocaust because of one trans woman. Um, it's no longer defendable. Um. Now, Lady of Shallot just brings up Leah well, Thomas, I, well, and same, I agree. Yeah, I if, absolutely yeah, agree. If this is bullshit. Women's sport, it, it would have been fine. But the yeah, thing no, is, I completely uh, agree. Now, I mean, now if I, you, am, yeah. I believe in segregating sports by sex. Trust me, I think that what is happening to women's sports right now is absolute bullshit. However, um, Scott Morrison's woman in Warrangal is the last person I would want to be the spokeswoman of women's sports. It's yeah, just because a political disaster. Obviously the like the because because what's going to happen now to to uh to, to uh, female athletes who say yeah it, like women's sports should be protected. They now they're uh, the new teams. Yeah, they they uh, they they. Uh, they they obviously are not going to be uh, you know, supportive of Deeb's other views about uh, transgender uh, sex offenders and serial killers, but uh, no. because, but because she is seen as the spokeswoman and has those views, these people will uh, women will be less likely to speak out because. I don't want people to think that uh, because I want to protect women's sports, I believe all that other stuff about transgender people. No, no, all of a sudden, um, protecting women's sports means that you consider all of your opponents uh, to be those who joined the Nazi party and cheered when trains drove past. She's a complete loon. Unfortunately, this close to the election, what can Scott Morrison do? 
Um, he's got a one-seat majority, 76 out of 150 seats. But she's not going to win. Um, I understand not, that the seat. seat. Sorry? She's not going to win the seat. Like, so this is the... This is the the, okay, the, well, the, I'll take your word for it. I, I'm I'm still an outsider when it comes to Australian politics, but I'm doing my best. I'll but, eat, but I'll, when you I'll, also I'll, keep I'll, in mind I'll, that yeah. he's got 76 out of 150 seats, and I understand that due to population changes, uh, Victoria now has one more seat. Am I right about that? Yes, and Western Australia has one less. Yeah, yeah. Every sperm is sacred in this race yeah, to but, Scott Morrison. But he's not doing it to win the seat. Like he's putting a he's put her in there to sort of raise an issue. Like what you've just mentioned is completely irrelevant. No, well, look, I, I they're not gonna I they're not know, gonna win the seat. If you're right, I'll, then I'll eat like see I'll eat on election night, like seafood, like food that I hate if you're in Moringa. If I like, like seafood, I'll be a woman. She's not, she's she's not going to win. Like seriously, like let let's just let's let's just be realistic. But uh, Mark Latham is certainly uh, excited by her and defending her, and uh, uh, he's uh, he's he uh, one of his crusades is to stop uh, schools secretly transitioning uh, school children, and he had this blow up with Dom Perrottet, uh this week. Right. Yeah. As a parent, yeah. do you seriously contemplate a situation where your children no, I'd want to have... these issues at school have the right to tell the school not to tell you? Yes, I'm saying not I'd to want to have... You? I'm agreeing with you. I'm saying I'd want to have the information. I don't just necessarily believe that your black and white recommendation here is the right one and, and we will come out with a better one. Well, when will you do that? Can you put a time frame? Well, when I look at it... When I... Issues. Do you acknowledge that keeping parents... every issue every issue is urgent well, in in a way? I'm sure Miss Fairman would have issues that she believes are urgent that are different to yours. I'm sure that's true. Well, and I'm, I will I'm, and I will look at them. I'm saying it's urgent I'm for this reason. I've received several representations from parents kept in the dark, and this is a family destroyer. Yeah, but this, this is, is one of the worst the things I've ever no, seen in difference. public life. You're I will tell you, you are focused on you're focused on getting a headline. Mr. Latham, you talk to these mothers. I'm saying to you, I'm saying to you that I've taken these matters seriously. I've made my position very clear and I've said that I will look at it and go through it. But I'm focused on getting an outcome and doing things in a way that I believe is measured and ensures that the sensitive nature of these issues are dealt with appropriately. Well, I'll tell you in private what these mothers are saying now. Their families have been destroyed, absolutely destroyed. Okay, well, you can raise that. Schools keeping them in the dark. All right, all right. The worst thing I've seen in, in 30 years okay, of well, politics. Will you raise that? If you understand those things, you'll start supporting okay. common sense recommendations. If I can come to another one. Yep, so that was either the microphones were well, uh, de- uh, they were blowing the decibels off their the, the microphones there. Uh, now Stephen has just stepped out at the moment, so we might move on to the the foreign uh, foreign policy national security section of the show. And uh, Jacinta Ardern, uh, she has gone on her first uh, international uh, trip uh, post COVID. 
uh, she has uh, gone to uh, Japan uh, and uh, she was uh, greeted uh, by uh, two uh, iconic uh, uh, Japanese uh, mascots, the Kiwi brothers of the Zespri Corporation who make fruit juices. Yes, so that was quite amazing to see that a foreign uh, foreign leader was greeted in Japan by uh, two Japanese people in Kiwi suits. But that's not the first time. This actually happened um, before um, COVID hit as well in 2020. So she's quite familiar with these two. I understand it is literally the same people in the suits. <laughs> <laughs> and now it's good to see her like go well she's been to uh japan before obviously uh she can't go to well her her favorite uh foreign country china uh at the moment go to the solomon islands yes uh well it's good to see that her government has uh actually is actually uh, expressing alarm like Australia is uh, with the, the, the Solomon Islands uh, signing uh, this uh, security agreement uh, with uh, communist uh, China, uh, Penny no, Wong. Nowhere near as hard as Australia is doing it. And, yeah. you know, that's, yeah, that's the, one of the, the many things I love about Australia. They don't, they don't fuck around when it comes to foreign affairs. Uh, except uh, that... Uh, you know, it's it, it, we're still pretty piss weak, <laughs> except we couldn't uh, get this, uh, like, thwart uh, this uh, security contract uh, being uh, signed. Uh, so Australia knew uh, about it before it was leaked uh, because uh, Zed Zazelja, who's the uh, Pacific Islands and International Development Minister, he went on an emergency mission to the Solomons to try and stop this uh, being signed. He claimed the that... affairs all happened behind the curtain until we yeah, found he, he said that uh, we, we only knew about it uh, when it was leaked, but uh, it, the, uh, it was clarified uh, by uh, the Prime Minister and Foreign Minister. No, we actually like knew, knew that this was uh, brewing. I mean, oh, cool. thankfully, our ASIS uh, foreign intelligence organization still has the, you know, bugging capability. I mean, it's not as good as the CIA, but still able to bug all of our neighbors. Oh, look, Australia is pretty fucking good at this shit. Um, but still... Maybe um, not a world leader, not a world leader, but Jesus, I'm from New Zealand, man. Everything is impressive when I come to it, when I live in Australia. Except yeah. the bureaucracy. The bureaucracy is just nuts. Yeah, but uh, it's still uh, no, nowhere near as uh, we, we don't project near enough uh, strength or peace uh, 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 
project enough strength to secure peace in our region because there could be military bases 2,000 uh, kilometres uh, from our coastline. Shadow Foreign Affairs spokeswoman Penny Wong has said this is the greatest foreign policy blunder failure since World War II. I think Penny Wong is saying that Is she to... from the Greens? Penny Wong, no, she's Labour. Oh, okay. Well, do we really think she's going to do a better job than the coalition? Well, she's I don't. just trying to basically, uh, you know, uh, try, she's trying to look tough uh, so it doesn't look like uh, she's the, the CCP simp uh, that uh, she often looks like. <laughs> you couldn't have put it worse than me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We have the, the deputy uh, Labour leader, Richard Miles. He... Uh, argued quite recently that uh, countries in the Pacific should be free to le link up with China. Uh, so he published in a mini book, uh, Tides That Bind Australia and the Pacific, that Australia has no right to expect a set of exclusive relationships in the Pacific nations. Well, yeah. Um, Sorry, just give me a second. Is this, this Mr. Miles is a deputy leader of the coalition? Of the Labour Party. Oh, okay. Sorry. Sorry. Seriously, you've got you, you've got more time on your hands now. Surely, like <laughs> I'm glad I just asked instead of going off on a five minute rant. Mm. Yes, I mean I had to shut down your you know argument about you know the city of Warringah pretty quickly. Like I need to be like well, it'd be more entertaining for an audience if I just you know like told you to just shut up. You don't know what you're talking about there. <laughs> Thank you. Very charitable. Yeah. But uh, yes, uh, so Peter Dutton, he uh, ran hard uh, against this, the, the current uh, current defence ministers, because Richard Miles, he has expressed, well, he hasn't ruled out that he'd like to be a defence minister. And uh, Albo, in his uh, first week of, of gaffes, he should also be called Alboob for all the 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 the, the uh, the, the mistakes that he that he makes. He was at Alboom at uh, at Blues Fest. Uh, he's had the uh, the the uh, mess ups over here the the border protection policies. Yeah, Albanese. He said Labor supports Operation Sovereign Borders. We support boat turnbacks, uh, but we don't support temporary protection visas, which were a key part of Operation Sovereign Borders. And what, so, what, 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 what? He, he he supports turning back the boats, but he doesn't support off, offshore detention. Oh, no, he supports offshore processing, but doesn't support uh, temporary protection visas, <laughs> which is a key part of Operation Sovereign Borders. And if the boat... <laughs> <laughs> an Alba, Alba Sneezy prime ministership, uh, then they'd be a one-term government. And then he gets questioned about the unemployment rate in the OCR. Uh, the OCR is 0.1%. The unemployment rate's below 4%. He has no idea what those are. He probably doesn't know that inflation is 3.5% in Australia. Um, the, these aren't just, oops, a little bit of brain food the leader of the opposition he should be all over these figures and he just makes himself to look like an idiot for not even being able to come close to getting those right 
Yes, which is why uh, it's probably better for his campaign if he's uh, locked in the, the basement uh, for a week. He did a few Zoom <laughs> interviews this afternoon. He's already got a nasally voice because he, he's got uh, a scratchy throat now. He's got even a more nasally voice. God, he waste, he wasted that voice on this sort of shit and now he's got to shut up and retain it for something else slightly less crap. Uh, so according to Jason Clare, the Labour campaign spokesman, uh, Labour's going to be using this week to showcase the awesome talent that they have on their front bench. <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. All right, we've gone way over time, so we're going to have to scrap the the other topics uh, that we've that we had. I'm sure we'll get to discuss them maybe next week, uh, because uh, you're going to be co-hosting next week because uh, Dua is on vacation because he has what is that a yeah a very what is that uh, busy family life, as we established. <laughs> Thank you so much for everybody's patience. It's been an absolute delight to be back. And um, I thank you for all your questions and comments. It's uh, yeah. and if, if anyone uh, has any uh, new jobs for, for Stephen, uh, please uh, inbox him. Or if you want to, him to do Mr. Barry, Mr. Barry and Trad Tasman Talk uh, full time, uh, then support his Patreon. Yeah, patreon.com slash Mysterberry, Mysterberry. I know it's Patreon. Nobody likes it. Neither do I. But it is the easiest and most efficient way to support the Mysterberry, Mysterberry show. So if you do, I'm very grateful. And uh, you'll be joining us on our uh, election night panel uh, starting 6 p.m. Uh, Australian Eastern Time. Uh, on uh, the Wilmsfront uh, YouTube channel is going to have a whole panel with uh, Richard Walsencroft, Carl Kutazi, uh, Septimus uh, Kane. Uh, make sure you do your uh, research beforehand so you're not making stupid uh, comments like, is that person liberal or Labour? <laughs> I promise I will be. This is going to be the first ever live election broadcast I've ever done. And I can't wait. I mean, nothing could make me more excited about Australia's election yeah. than joining. Yeah, I mean, you call yourself a you know political nerd. I mean, you should. Oh, I absolutely you, am. You're a union. You should I'm know. Still learning, I'm still everything. learning Australian. All of all of the the major players in Australian politics. Oh God, Jesus! There's no pressure, huh? Hmm. Well, you're going to be on an, an all-star panel. I mean, uh, Kyle is uh, Kyle Katazi. I mean, he's been involved in activism with the HR Nichols Society. Uh, he's been a, a commentator in his own right for for many years. So, yeah, I, uh, I will do my research. I promise. Yeah, I, yeah. I you 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 need more than a suit to know what you're talking about. What about a three-piece suit? Let's give that a go. <laughs> Whatever. Uh, thank you very much, Tim. And thank you to everyone who's watched. It's... I've enjoyed the episode. Thank you. And uh, I'll be back 
on Monday for another episode of Tim's News Explosion, 8.30pm Melbourne time on the Wilmstrant channel. And later in the week, hopefully there'll be a Wilmstrant and definitely a Trad Tasman talk. How about to play us out tonight one more time? Let's hear let's hear it for Albu at Bluesfest, which some people are speculating that the booze may have uh, it got... It, it, what made him got COVID, all the, the droplets are going on him. So let's play out with, uh, I could watch this over and over. So let's play it again. Play out with Albu and we'll see you for Trad Tasman Talk next Friday. Thanks for tuning in to this week's edition of Trad Tasman Talk. To keep up with the latest real news and analysis from the Tasman nations, visit theyoungshackles.net and rightminds.nz.